You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So in this installment of On This Day in Packers History, uh, we had just lost to the Minnesota Vikings. And I was actually surprised because the title of this episode originally was The Season Is Over. And so I, it was a bold strategy because fans don't like to see that stuff. There's a lot of, you know, the more positive you go, the more positive feedback I'm going to get. The more negative I go, the more negative feedback I get. But I was surprised to listen to this episode and realize how actually level-headed it was. And I actually got a lot of stuff correct, which is great. It's one of my favorite episodes to listen to thus far as far as the throwbacks because it was it was just a very measured response. And also, it was it was nice to hear what I oftentimes say, which is that nobody wants to talk about tomorrow, but let's talk about tomorrow. So th- this is the official day of of me 100% in the tanking um, pool, which I got trashed so much. And the next episode is called Real Fan. So I'm guessing after I did this episode, I got a bunch of negative feedback saying I'm not a real fan and responded to that, which means tomorrow is going to be a much more angry episode. But no, I mean, it, it really just was a, a, a diagnosis of, look, this was never going to be a thing. 2018 was absolutely rebuild. Brian Gutekunst knew it was a rebuild. I laid out a very good case for that. Why it was so bad with Ted Thompson doing just a terrible job over the last few years. But then with a, a slight glimmer of optimism, and I think at the moment in 2018 listening to this, you don't see the optimism. But in 2019 looking backward, you can see the optimism and also really appreciate everything I said insofar as understanding that what I was trying to say is things are dark but but the real positive is in the future. Whether that's 2019, 2020, whatever, this team is built to win later, not today. And, and the fact that we're seeing it right now makes this a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. And, and again, I, I just enjoyed listening to it. So anyways, we'll take a quick little break and um, lay that one out for you. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, 
kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Well, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it yesterday. I said I was picking the Packers, but there's, <laughs> let's just call it what it is. Um, that was more or less what I expected. Um, I think the game looked exactly like every single game this year with, you know, especially the road games. I just don't think there's anything talent-wise with this team. I don't think there's anything left to offer. I don't think McCarthy has anything left to offer. Um, I, 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 there's just... What we see in these games is the offense put up a, a really good performance in the beginning. They usually drive down and either flirt with getting points or get some points. The defense looks stout, and it's like, man, maybe... Right? How many weeks now? So it was to the point where this week when it happened, it was like, man, they look good, but... I mean, they always do in the beginning, and then they fall apart, and the defense falls apart, and things get ugly. Well, that's what happened again. They just don't have anything in the tank. And, you know, when the opposing defense makes some adjustments and figures out what it is you can't do and and take away the things that you were scheming to do to beat us, whether it's a lack of creativity on McCarthy's part or um, a lack of talent that doesn't give us the ability to go to plan B because there is no plan B because there's nothing else, um, which is maybe a little bit of both. There's just nothing left. And, And when you get to the point where you start seeing all the injuries, you realize that this is just, it was sad because not only are they just not good enough, but this is a team that's just completely broken. They they have they have given absolutely everything and have nothing left, and their bodies are physically breaking down. We lost three offensive linemen. We lost Kentrell Bryce again. We lost Trevor Davis again. We lost Tony Brown on top of everybody else that was already hurt. So I, I don't want to spend, and you know, obviously I never know how these things are going to go, even mid-podcast, but I really don't want to spend a lot of time trashing people, because it just, look, look, they gave everything. They laid it out there. They just don't have enough. Whatever the deficiencies are, and we've been talking about them day after day after day, they don't have the ability to fix it, and that's just what it is, and um, as I've said before, mathematically, they're not eliminated. In fact, there's, there's, I was surprised when they said there's only a 3% chance, because looking at it, you know, there's going to be some teams that are going to have a hard time. Um, and I, I, I probably think the 3% doesn't just have to do with the fact that, you know, there's a good chance other teams aren't 9-7, and seven, which if we win out from here, it, it, it's also because we're probably not going to win out. But again, regardless of any of that, it's not about how the schedules are laid out so much. It's just about this team just doesn't have it. And I don't want this team to have it. I don't want to go on winning. I just don't. Because this team doesn't have anything to offer. This team doesn't have any ability or even desire, from what I can tell, to win this year. I said that before the game. It just seems like the trajectory. You know, Gutekunst is shipping players off. 
slapping IR tags on players. Like, yeah, you're done. Not saying he's doing it arbitrarily or, or it, you know, whoever's making that decision or helping to make that decision is doing it with tanking in mind. But again, it's, it's just a general feel, right? It, it's like a lot of things. You're kind of reading the tea leaves, the way things are going, and it just, the, the, the signs, the smoke signals, they're not indicating anything regarding 2018. Now, I've said since the beginning of the year, early, early, early on, if you've been listening, that this team is primed to do well in 2019, 2020, 2021. 2018 was never really the year. No, I, I mean, it could have been, but what would have had to have happened? Especially looking at it from our lens now, realizing how sort of unrealistic it was. I mean, we, we would have needed a, a good year from Cobb. We would have needed Aaron Jones to be exactly who Aaron Jones is, and that would be unfair of us to expect. That is, that is Aaron Jones is the one time I can think of where fans' wild overreaction was absolutely correct. There was no way in my mind Aaron Jones would ever be Aaron Jones. And so far, as best as I can tell, he's Aaron Jones. Right? The whole six yards of carry, which I don't know if that's what he has anymore because, you know, we played the Vikings and they're pretty good. But, you know, the bottom line is it just... Surveying what we have, even if McCarthy was better and Rodgers was better, it's a tough road, man. And and we would we were always sort of def- depending on other teams being not quite so good. Um, I I, I don't know where we thought the talent was going to come from. Hoping for real big things from our our rookie corners. Hoping Clay and Perry would have big years on top of Mike Daniels and and uh, and Kenny Clark. Assuming the rookie wide receivers would have big years and Jimmy Graham would be a stud. But I think if we were being honest, this kind of just makes sense. We've neglected this offense for a long time. Ted Thompson, you know, I, I, I don't like to dump on Ted Thompson because he's done a lot of good stuff, but his, his, the fact that the last several drafts have gone so terribly, that's going to hurt a team. And that's where we're at. We're, we're at the low point. This is the low point. This is what happens when you have a series of bad drafts. And it's going to be up to Brian Gutekunst to really hit. And that's why it's beneficial that he's been stacking up on picks. It's also, by the way, going to be very beneficial if we continue to lose, which is what I want to talk about next. Because it's, 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 it's not even a question in my mind. It's an imperative. The question is, how do we do it? But again, the, the future, I believe, is bright. And I know a lot of people are down on Rodgers. I, I don't... I'm not as down as I was. I actually thought this game was was good. I I thought last game was pretty solid as well. I know the stats are garbage, but just looking play to play, you know, he he smartened up a little bit as far as taking the checkdowns. Not always, but a lot of them were there. There were times even when I was calling them out like, hey, you had a guy right there, and then they show the replay. No, there was a defender right over his head. I was wrong. You consider the amount of duress he was under constantly the amount of sacks, the amount of offensive linemen they didn't have, the fact that terrible plays were still being called, second and two, and we're, we're calling just four verticals legitimately, and it results in a sack. You know, I, I how much can I put on Rodgers? Yes, he missed the wide-open shot to Devontae. Okay. I mean, it, th- there's a difference between a bad throw and this quarterback is trash. A lot of these passes were pinpoint. 
And we all see it. The problem is we get frustrated. You see the, the, the bad pass on a screen to Equinemius and a bad pass at the end to Devontae that would have been a touchdown, and we say he's trash. I don't know. I think that back shoulder to, to Devontae early in the game was pretty clutch. I think Aaron Rodgers yesterday, compared to Aaron Rodgers weeks 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, is a, a massive improvement. His, his accuracy was pretty trash for a lot of the year. I think he's starting to come around, and, and really I think we were putting a little bit more on him than we should have because I was overestimating the rookies and putting too much on Rodgers. That doesn't mean he doesn't shoulder a good amount of the blame, but I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers going forward. I, I think we need to, whatever deficiencies he might be developing as he gets older, it's not as though he's a terrible quarterback now. If anything, it's Ted Thompson's fault for allowing this offensive line to deteriorate, for allowing the wide receiver group to deteriorate, and for essentially doing nothing but cut everybody. And then, you know, in his last year, he signed a bunch of people, and again, I've, I've said this a thousand times, but everybody talks about, oh, Ted Thompson's really changed. Look at how many people he signed. That's not true. That's not what happened. He cut half the entire team. Everybody he signed was a replacement. Everybody. And I'm pretty sure every single person that he signed was a downgrade. He gets rid of Lang and signs Jari Evans. No disrespect to Jari Evans, massive downgrade. After 2016 and we lose Sam Shields, he goes out and gets Devon House. He ships off Micah Hyde and we draft Josh Jones. Didn't work out too well. We lose Julius Peppers, he gets Ahmad Brooks. They're all downgrades, and everybody is, is giving Ted Thompson a massive round of applause because he wants to offload a ton of talent, replace it with just, I mean, spare parts, load up on his favorite thing, compensatory picks, which again is a formula in which when you lose, we'll give you a couple extra draft picks. We lost a lot. And again, everybody's giving him praise. Oh, look at all the people he brought in. We lost Jared Cook. He brought in Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks. Lance Kendricks was a nothing thing. It's like, oh, it's a two-for-one deal. No, it's not. Kendricks is not a value for anything. Who else did he bring in? Ulrich John, Ricky Jean Francois, um, Quentin Dial. These aren't even talking about his draft picks. This is how he managed our team. On top of bringing in Justin Vogel and Demarius Randall and Josh Jones and Quentin Randall or, or Quentin Rollins and all these guys, Martellus Bennett and Jari Evans, bust after bust after bust after bust after bust after bust after bust, he goes out and signs a bunch of guys. Not one of them can contribute. So you get a new GM in here, and what is he doing? He's just kicking everybody out. You're all garbage. Go away. Intermission dance party intermission so again allow me to reiterate to have expectations in 2018 and i listen i don't think gutekunz had expectations of having a very good year i think he knows full well this is a rebuild and i think you know you could look at it at the fact that you know you want to talk about foresight derwin james was there very talented guy when the saints called up the Packers and said we will give you another first we will give you our first round draft pick I think Gutekunst had this rebuild in his mind and said you know what we're gonna need it he knows and I don't know if 2019 is enough time but we need time 
and our ability to lose out this season and do a really good job in the draft and really make a push in free agency is going to make some a pretty good determination on whether we're going to come back in 2019 and be a top-tier contender or if we need one more year after that. But th- this is just... To, to even have any hope at all is... is um, it's a bit of a delusion, I think. And I'm, I'm a little embarrassed that I saw what I saw and I just didn't see it. I'm looking right at it and I just didn't see it. And when it comes time... You know, and certain things have gotten even worse than they should have, and I am a little concerned about it. You know, Rodgers maybe is one of them to some extent. What is the situation there? But um, Nick Perry is is just, I mean, that is that's horrifying to me that he is that bad. If he could just be mediocre at this point, I would take it. I am stunned at how horrible he has been this year. Reggie Gilbert, a little bit underwhelming. Maybe a little unfair to expect more, but pretty underwhelming. Mike Daniels, very disappointing considering how talented he is to have the year that he had and and the fact that his his season is over. To bring him back would just be insane, and I don't think they're going to do that. Clay Matthews is gone, but, you know, very disappointing year. Um, I I had hoped for more from Tremont. Not that he's been horrible, but... uh, just not what I had hoped at corner and now especially at safety I I don't think that's the answer now if we don't get the safety help we need then he will be the answer but he's not the answer I'm not a big fan of him playing safety I didn't think he did a good job yesterday Um, I don't think Kevin King really took a big step I know a lot of people really like him Uh, he flashes for sure He, he has he shows some flashes of being awesome but he's not going to be Jair ever I don't think I I I shouldn't say that he was always going to be a project. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll give him some, some leeway here. But between the fact that he struggles, between the injuries, it's, it's a disappointing situation with him. Josh Jones did not take a step. Not really. I mean, maybe a small step. Not counting anybody out until after three years. That's my new rule. But um, that was disappointing. Jimmy Graham has been disappointing. Randall Cobb was even disappointing. I know I'm maybe slightly higher on him than other people. But um, there's no question, there's just there's really just nothing left in the tank, which is kind of the theme of this team. And it's almost as if not, not only does Gutekunst know it, but the team knew it going into this game. Excuse me, into this season. You know, you, you, th- this whole time, all the fans have been saying, what is wrong with these guys? Why is there such a terrible attitude in the locker room? Why is there such a terrible attitude with everybody? Why doesn't every, why, why did, I mean, Rodgers right out of the gate and after the first play is pouting. The whole team is pouting, you know, with the exception of guys like Jair and, and, uh, you know, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I mean, where's the fire with this team? It's almost as if they just kind of knew. This is not a ship I want to be on right now. And you got guys getting shipped off like haha, and I don't think they're too upset about it. You got guys like Ty Montgomery getting shipped off. I don't think they're too upset about it. You don't mind being in the Siberia of the NFL when you're a Super Bowl contender, but when this is your team and you see the lack of talent, and, and some of these guys especially, you look at Aaron Rodgers and you wonder, you know, how much can you kind of feel and know what's going to happen? He knows what a good team feels like. He knows what this team feels like, and he probably knows this isn't very good. So, you know, bottom line is work needs to be done. Um, no shame in being a, a fan and hoping and rooting and whatever. As long as there's hope, there's hope. 
and you pull for your team and you do what you can. But I think at this point, forget the 3% chance we get in. For, forget all of it. This team does not have the talent, period. I'm talking if everything came together. I'm talking about if if God himself came down and healed this entire team and there were no injuries left and everybody played up to their maximum potential, I don't think this team is good enough. And I'm listen, I'm fine with it. I'm do I sound upset to you? The only thing that upsets me is is <laughs> is the fact that I started this podcast last year, and for the second time, I I wish I had started this podcast four years ago, so I at least had a couple of runs of of talking about how great the team is and how excited we are for the team, but um, that's not the case. And as much as being a Packer fan has meant nothing other than cheering for one of the best teams in sports for my entire lifetime, since I started this podcast, I've basically just been complaining constantly about what went wrong and we're going to do it again so but that's okay because it's similar to what was okay with last year because it exposed some things and we got rid of our defensive coordinator and look what happened it was an improvement we got rid of our gm and look what happened improvement it's scary i didn't have a whole lot of faith that we were going to get a better better gm and we did i didn't have a huge amount of faith in finding the right defensive coordinator and that he was just going to come in and fix it and i'm very happy with what we came up with I'm skeptical we're going to find a really good head coach, but at this point, I just, I have no reason to doubt. The people that pull the strings are making good decisions up to this point, and um, we got to assume that that's just going to keep happening. Now, the thing I want to pivot to is this, and we touched on it a little bit, but legitimately, if we are the GM of the Green Bay Packers, how do we tank this season? And I, again, this isn't me being spiteful. I'm being dead serious. And I actually think Gutekunst has sort of done this, and we, we talked about it. If, if somebody's got an attitude, we ship them off. Right? Why did Whitehead get, get booted off the team for slapping a guy? Because we're kind of just looking for any excuse we can, right? Zero tolerance. Really? I mean, even, even uh, Petten was saying that he's, he's got this book figured out better than anybody or something to that effect, and McCarthy was like, well, you know, it's one of those things where they catch the second guy. Gutekunst comes in like, nope, zero tolerance, gone. He wasn't that bad. He, you know, he hadn't had as good of a second half of his season as he did in the first half. But again, you know, Montgomery's got an attitude, gone. Haha's got an attitude, gone. So-and-so's got a stub toe, IR. I think this is how a professional tanks a season without just coming out and saying you're tanking the season. You don't tank the season. You just handicap it. You cheer for the team while tying their hands behind their back, tying their shoelaces together. And then you go, come on, guys, we can do it. The question is, what do we do from here? Now, i got to be completely honest. The fact that there were a bunch of injuries has me a little bit excited because it gives us some opportunities. And what I mean by that is some opportunities to say, IR, IR, IR. Now, The thing I don't like, and I, you know, I don't want to say, well, Bakhtiari's hurt, let's just keep him out, because essentially it's just a, we're just trying to get Aaron Rodgers killed at that point, and that's maybe not the best strategy. But if he can't go, he can't go. And at that point, it's up to McCarthy to find out how to protect him. And you know how you protect him when you don't have uh, David Bakhtiari? You do things that just don't work. Right, you have to bring extra protection over to that side. That limits your offense. you got to get the ball out quick. That takes away any big play potential. 
you got to run more often, but the team already knows that and is teeing off on that. Everybody's playing close to the line of scrimmage. Your offense can't do anything. You decide to take a shot, you take a sack. Of the three offensive linemen got, that got hurt, one of them needs to not come back, preferably David Bakhtiari. And I get it. What does that do for Rodgers? Nothing. I don't want him to get hurt, but I do not want to win another game. Trevor Davis is hurt. He's done. We tried it. Didn't work out. I don't know. Just soft tissue with that guy just isn't panning out. Sorry. We're stuck with Tremont taking kicks now. Tremont and Jamal Williams, if you can believe that. So, you know, specifics aside, that is one thing that I'm going to do. And it's 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 kind of just playing reactionary with injury designations, which is to say we're not pushing anybody. We're going to just say you can't go. Cantrell Bryce. I know he's not that good, and some fans are like, no, no, please put him back in. He's more of a liability than anything, but whatever. Again, we're just going to handicap the team to the best of our abilities. I want as many playmakers off the field as I can possibly get. And if I so much as see Aaron Rodgers sneeze, I'm putting him on IR. (laughs) I know I don't really have that authority, but I don't care. I'm going to try it. The next question we need to consider seriously, and it's something that we need to watch out for this week, is whether or not we want to retain Mike McCarthy. And again, I know this is another situation where you'd say keeping him might be the biggest handicap, but to be completely honest, I don't know that's the case. Now, there's some fear if you fire McCarthy and hand over the reins to Philbin that Philbin would do a better job and we'd end up winning more games. But I just think that kind of a thing would really throw this into a tailspin. Mike McCarthy knows this team very, very well. Aaron Rodgers and his relationship with Mike McCarthy, as rocky as it may be, these guys are in sync mentally. Now, would it be completely out of line to fire Mike McCarthy and Joe Philbin, knowing full well that you're going to bring in a new head coach who's going to bring with him an offensive coordinator anyways and hand over the reins to, I don't know, whoever? You can give it to Mike Pettin for all I care. Take away some of his attention from that defense anyways. Put Ron Zook in charge. (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. It's not like he's doing anything with special teams anyways. There you go, Zookie. We just, we're really impressed with what you've done so far, and we want to see what you can, maybe that's being a little bit obvious that we're tanking the season, but uh, I don't care. I want to kind of disguise it a little bit, but I think um, plausible diet deniability is sufficient for me right now. If I can just go, no, it's not what I'm doing, then that's fine. Hey, good, it seems like you're kind of tanking the season. You, You fired your head coach and your offensive coordinator, and you put Ron Zook in charge. Are you tanking the season? No. Nope. Next question, please. <laughs> That's all I need, man. I'm not the head coach. I can't put, you know, Aaron Rodgers on the bench and Kaiser on the field. Maybe I can try to do that, but but I do have other means at my disposal. Although I, do, I, I guess I don't have the authority to fire Mike. But I, I mean, I tell you right now, as soon as this game was, you know, halfway through the fourth quarter, I'm on the phone with Mark Murphy. And I'm talking to him and I'm saying, you need to pull the trigger. Get rid of McCarthy and Philbin right now. Or better yet, let's let him game plan half the week and then fire him. And hand the reins over to somebody else. And really, as, as, as silly as that sounds, I don't know that it's impossible. I don't know that it's impossible that Mike McCarthy coached his last game as a Green Bay Packer. I really don't. And again, we could do it with the mentality that, hey, let's give him a chance to go out and uh, interview, right? The the uh, the Cleveland Browns can call him up and, and give him an interview right now, right? It, it's for his benefit. 
We know that there needs to be a break. You know, we can go in front of the podium and give the whole nonsense spiel. He is a fantastic coach. Um, just for whatever reason, you know, sometimes you need to just change it up and, and do something different. But he is going to have a phenomenal career for many more years, and we wanted to give him the opportunity to get out there and, and be the the top coaching candidate. And there's no question he will be the top coaching candidate. We want to make sure that he's able to get out there, find the perfect fit for him and for his family. And we just want to say thank you, blah, 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 right? Again, we're just lying. And, and some of that's true. He could go on to have a great career. It's just not working here. I don't know. I don't care. But again, everything is deflecting from the fact that all we're trying to do is lose as many games as possible. And if there's any possible way that we can lose to the Cardinals, oh my goodness, would that be glorious? Because I don't see, I I mean, there's two games that I think we're going to have a hard time losing, and that's the Cardinals and the Jets. I think we can lose to the Falcons at home. I think we can, well, I know we can lose to the Bears in Chicago, and we've already lost to the Lions. But the Cardinals are going to be the hardest team. Actually, you know what? That's not even necessarily true. They're they're kind of turning it around. They got themselves a new offensive coordinator. Suddenly, they're learning how to use Larry Fitzgerald and uh, David Johnson a little bit. But still, Cardinals at home, that's going to be a tough one to lose. But I think firing the head coach, and uh, especially coming off a week with all these injuries, there's a chance. So... I, anyways, that that is our focus, and and again, this isn't me being pessimistic. This is me being strategic. This is me being intelligent. This is me saying 2019 is our focus, and it needs to be our focus. And if your focus is 2018, don't put some baloney guys over it that you're doing it because you're a good fan. No, you're not. You're gonna cripple 2019, 20. You're gonna cripple the rest of Aaron Rodgers' tenure as a Green Bay Packer because you want to be able to say you cheered for a team that can't win. I'm sorry, that doesn't make you a good fan. I know you like to say that. I root for my team no matter what. That Great, man. So do I. I root for my team to be good. I root for my team to be a championship team. I root for my team to have good players on it. I root for my team to be able to put weapons around Aaron Rodgers. You root for him to beat trash teams, miss the playoffs, draft nobodies at the end of the first round, come back and be garbage again so that you can sit here and virtue signal about how you cheer for your team no matter what. We can be for our team, but also be for our team being smart and winning football games in the best possible way. And the number one best, the only strategy you have at this moment is to lose. No real fan can root against their team. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Because we have a larger focus than just right now. We're not just hyper-focused as though 2018 is the only year that we have. Unless we have a meteor heading straight for Earth the size of Jupiter that's just going to obliterate us, I don't see any other recourse than to root against the Packers, to handicap the Packers and force them to lose, while at the same time rooting for other teams, yes, including the Detroit Lions. Fortunately, a lot of the teams that we go up against are teams that we are trying to get up above. We want to lose to the Lions. We both are four-win teams. That would put us above the Lions in the draft order. The Atlanta Falcons are currently drafting 7th. So right now we're 11th. The Lions and uh, are 8th. The Falcons are 7th. If we lose to both of those teams, we're, we're, we're already almost in the top 10. We play the Jets. We play the Cardinals. We want to give these teams as many wins while giving ourselves losses as is possible. The teams that are currently drafting above us, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, Detroit, Atlanta, Jacksonville, the Giants, the Jets, the Raiders, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. 
We only have four wins. If we can stay at four wins, the, the worst team in the NFL right now has two. There's three teams that have two. They only need to win three more to be above us. Now, I'm not saying we're ever going to be number one. We're not. The Oakland Raiders are going to be hard-pressed to win any more games because they're the Oakland, Oakland Raiders. But can the Giants pull off two more? Yeah. Can the Jets pull off two more if one of their wins is against us? Yes. Can the Jaguars? I mean, as, as trash as they have been lately, they, they've got the talent to do it. The Falcons do. The Lions do. Tampa Bay definitely does. And these teams, the, the Falcons, Lions, Bills, and Tampa Bay, they just need to win one more and they're above us. Therefore, when teams like we are, we just have that tie that's working against us. So this is now our new focus. So I have to start over. Whereas I was looking at strategies in which we make the playoffs and make a push, now it's we need to look at the schedules of some of these other teams and figure out how we go about losing. And actually, it's not as bad as I thought. I really thought it was is outside of the Bears game, it was going to be hard-pressed for us to lose. I don't think that's the case, especially if Gutekunst does his due diligence and keeps some of these players off the field, and these injuries kind of hold true. Some of them are looking relatively serious. We'll have to see what it what it is. David Bakhtiari had both of his knees being looked at, and he had one wrapped up in ice. We already don't have a very good offensive line. We lose Bakhtiari, it's, it's lights out. We lose our guards, and there goes what little bit of a, a, a run game we had. Whatever magic Aaron Jones had to, to make magic happen with no offensive line, that's dwindling rapidly. We've got nobody on the edge. We, I mean, did, did you see that pass rush against one of the worst offensive lines in football? Just saying. I'm just saying. As trash as that was, it gives me hope. But we've got some real potential here. And considering the the dominant talent that's in this draft at some positions, especially the ones we need, like off the edge and at defensive tackle, I, I don't know if I even want to trade up. Because at this point, if we can get into top five, we're almost getting, we're, it's basically a lock, we're getting an elite player. I've got three right now that are just can't-miss prospects. Nick Bosa, Ed Oliver, Quinn and Williams. I'm sure there's more, I haven't really watched enough. I really like Raekwon Davis. He's not on a lot of people's radar. I think he's like 12th on my big board or whatever. But the other Alabama defensive tackle is just an absolute tank. I like him. But considering the desperation that we saw Gutekunst have, who who did really go all in. I mean, he offered up two first-round picks, is my understanding, for um, Khalil Mack. I think if there's any ability for him to move up, he will. He will pull that trigger. And if it's more than two firsts, which is, you know, if we have the sixth pick, if he has to offer up that and our other first and something else, I think he will do it to get Nick Bosa. And listen, we're in that range. You don't think the Oakland Raiders would be interested in that? They've already got three first-round picks. They would have four if they made that move. And they would have, I think, two. Well, I don't know how many. They'd they'd have at least one still in the top ten. And then three other first-round draft picks. I don't think it's impossible. Deontay Thompson is an option at safety, although it would be a little surprising. Jonah Williams at tackle is an option. Jeffrey Simmons, Rashawn Gary, Devin White. I mean, this is the range we're already in right now. That's I'm, I'm already excited. Raquan Davis, I have 12th. That would be incredible. Devin White at linebacker would be incredible. Cleland Farrell. Cleland Farrell. I, I, I make that name more complicated than it needs to be for some reason. I'm not a huge fan, but if he's as good as people hype him up to be, he's absolutely within our range. Like right now he is. Based on the trade value chart as it stands, that's if the Saints win the Super Bowl, which I really, really hope they lose out 
instantly. But if, if, if we stayed at 11 and the Saints won the Super Bowl, we could trade those picks for a fourth round pick. Or, I'm sorry, for the fourth overall pick. Now, there's no guarantee in all that, but that's that's the general value of those two picks would be a fourth. If we can just get inside the top ten, say ninth, and the Saints lose out relatively early, and let's say they pick 28th, that, that potentially puts us in the top three category. And like I said, there's three can't-miss guys. So, I, I you know, again, I would prefer we end up getting the seventh pick, sixth pick, somewhere in there. Like, just if we lose out, that's definitely doable. And just keeping our picks. Don't trade up. Just take an elite top 10, top 5 prospect. Hopefully a quarterback desperate team takes Justin Herbert too early. And one of these guys falls. And then we get another prospect at the end of the first. Whoever. Wide receiver. Tight end. Offensive tackle. Offensive guard. Another edge rusher. A defensive tackle. I don't care. But if your concern is still this year and you're upset with me, I'm telling you, Go to NFLBigBoard.com. Look at the big board. Just YouTube the highlights of some of these guys in the top 15, in the top 10, in the top 5. Go watch Nick Bosa and Ed Oliver and Quinnen Williams and Raquan Davis and Devin White. Go watch them and tell me you're upset that we're going to be getting one of these guys, that we will be getting one of these guys with the, with, with the outside chance that we blow this by beating every team up to and minus the Bears. There's a lot to be excited about. We just have to be patient. There's a lot to be excited about, just not this year. However, we got another real... I mean, the, the Packers are now the kind of team that you can enjoy year-round. Not exactly year-round, but whereas it was we're a pretty good team in the regular season, but if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Now we've got... Coaching searches, right? Last year we were looking for a GM. We're looking for a defensive coordinator. This year, almost assuredly, and if, if we don't, I quit. I tell you that right now. If, if, if for, for whatever dumb reason McCarthy's still around, I'm absolutely going to lose it. But let's just assume what we're going to assume. We got ourselves a head coaching search. That coach is going to bring on a staff. We're going to have a lot to talk about. Really digging into that. You know, maybe maybe we need to really step that up as far as on this podcast, talking about the, the positives and negatives. Maybe I need to, to bring somebody on, as much as I don't like doing interviews, to really just hammer that down and say, what, what are our options and why? Because if I hear somebody else say Lafleur or Filippo, I'm just going to flip out. I'm going to flip out. <laughs> oh, man, I am on a roll today. And by the way, I, I feel the need to reiterate this pretty constantly. But there isn't just the first round in the draft. Not only are there more rounds, and I have to remind people of this when I do my mock draft channel, which, by the way, I did get the recording done. Just got to do the video. Hopefully I get that up sometime this week. I don't know. I don't care. We'll get it. It'll happen. But I feel the need to remind everybody, you don't have to take your one biggest need in the first round because there's the second round, there's the third round, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, uh, undrafted free agency, free agency, Right? A lot of options to fill needs. Just take a good player. But in our case, losing out means we not only get a top 10 pick, let's say we pick 6th. Not only are we now picking 6th, we're picking 36th. Meaning, we pick 6th, we pick 28th, 
And then right after that, we pick at the top of the second round, 36th. And it means if we want to trade one of these picks, they carry more weight. If we want to move up, we, we could have three first-round picks, by the way. If we're 36th, we're within striking distance. We, we make an, a, a relatively small trade. We could end up with three picks on day one. And the reason we're able to do that, because it's not going to take much to move up from 36 to 32. We could do it probably with, I don't know, maybe a fifth? A fifth and a sixth? All right, we have two sixth-round picks. Maybe a fourth, but I, I think with a fourth, we could even do more than that. If we traded a fourth, we'd be leapfrogging our other pick. How weird would that be? <laughs> we'd get, uh, I don't know, like pick 22. So yeah, I mean, if we wanted to trade up into the first round, we would give up a fifth and maybe something else. A fifth and one of our sixth, the Seattle Seahawks sixth. Or maybe the Washington Redskins fourth, if, if they end up drafting later. You know, a late fourth maybe would be enough. But uh, again... All benefits of us not doing well this year. It's not just, hey, maybe we're in striking distance and Nick Bosa. Yeah, it's it's Nick Bosa. It's it's whoever. It's it's elite talent because it's top ten, which we never ever get to draft in top ten, and another first round pick, and the ability to get early second round as opposed to. I mean, listen, if if we're drafting early second round, that's basically what our first round draft picks have been. Kevin King was our first pick that year. The year that we got Kevin King, that was our first one. We're talking about that being our third pick. And then every round going at the top of the round as opposed to the back of the round. It means a lot. It, it carries a lot of weight. And by the way, Washington losing their quarterback um, and, and continuing to lose does benefit us quite a bit because the worse they do, the higher our fourth round pick is going to be. So that's also a little bit awesome. I mean, horrible for Alex Smith, but beneficial for us. Let's hope they just continue to keep losing and losing and losing. We could end up having two high fourth-round picks, which would be fantastical. Currently, right now, the Green Bay Packers have the fourth-best draft of anybody, as in draft capital, as in, you know, picks and the value of those picks, fourth. The only teams that are any better, the Oakland Raiders, obviously, because they have three first-round picks and they're all going to be high picks, I mean, all their picks, because they're probably going to be first overall. The 49ers, because they're just garbage, and currently are drafting first. Whether it'll stay that way, I don't know. And then the Arizona Cardinals, who are supposedly going to be second. But if we continue to move up, I mean, we, we have a ton of picks. And every time we lose, every single one of those picks gets to be a little more valuable. We could have one of the most valuable draft picks of any team in the NFL, as in the most value of any team, with the exception of the Raiders. We'll never overtake the Raiders. The potential. I'm just trying... Listen, I know everybody's upset. Don't be upset. The potential is higher than we've had in the past. I mean, going into the 2014, going into the 2015 season, the, the hope that we had was just that the team could be as good as last year, but maybe a smidge better, right? If we can get one or two draft picks to pan out, this is different. This is, this is like a mini rebuild where we, for the second year in a row, are getting higher draft picks than usual, and where there are better draft picks and we're going to be more active in free agency, and we still have our core pieces, and we're going to have a new head coach, and we've got a better defensive coordinator. The potential we have, as bad as things are now, to be good in 2019, to be good in 2020, is higher than it was coming out of that 2011 season. We just didn't see it. We weren't looking into the future. We weren't, we weren't reading the tea leaves, as I continually like to say for some reason. Because if we were, we would see that this is a team that is performing better than they should because the talent they have is just playing out of their minds. Aaron Rodgers is out of his mind. 
Jordy is, is peak Jordy, and Cobb is really good, and we've got a, a players here and there that are really, really good. But things are just continuing to deteriorate. We didn't see it that way. We just expected everybody to keep dominating over and over and over again, not realizing that when you continue to make poor decisions and you continue to lose talent and you lose Sitton and you lose Lang and you lose Jordy and you lose and you lose and you lose and we lost all these cornerbacks and we lost Hyde and we lost Shields and we lost all these guys and we're not replacing them, this is the result. But I'm telling you, rather than doing what we did before and just assuming every year would carry over, don't assume next this year is going to be next year or that next year is going to be this year. It's either going to be a lot better, or 2019 just isn't quite it yet, but we're building. It's a rebuild. Whether it's a one-year, two-year, three-year rebuild, I don't know. But it's a rebuild, and we're going about it the right way. Everything is right in front of us. This is where things get interesting. I mean, if we just 100% shift our focus, and I I tried to stay away from Twitter last night because I I wanted to just relax because I knew it was not going to be a very good day. And I didn't want to deal with the negativity. But for the most part, it seems like everybody's kind of... I I don't think I'm stepping on a lot of toes or uh, breaking a lot of hearts or really upsetting people to say the season's over. But what I want you to embrace now is the excitement that comes with this rebuild. It really is... Listen, it's just... Think of it like a different game. You know, we're caught up in the one game, and the one game is you win the Super Bowl or you're a loser, right? You're a failure. You stink. But, but for how many years have we seen the same thing over and 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 over? I mean, it, it, it's been very boring. They're, 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 I mean, it's, I shouldn't say boring. It's exciting. Football's exciting. The, the thrill of winning is exciting and, and being better than everybody and trash and our divisional rivals and, you know, the hope of maybe getting a Super Bowl and hearing national pundits say, I think this year it's going to be Packers and Patriots or Packers and Colts or Packers and this, you know, it, that's that has that carries with it some excitement but this is a different kind of excitement we just need to embrace it the ultimate goal is still there we just have to go about it differently but we're involved in different conversations now we're we're involved in coaching hunts and and to be honest this is why i love the draft you love the draft because it's it's like fantasy land your team is everybody's team is is better and going to the Super Bowl after the draft. Why? Because everybody you drafted was an elite stud, even that seventh round guy that probably isn't even going to make the team. It's just a time to just dream for a while and get excited about new things and 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 different possibilities. And oh, with this person we can do this, and and maybe we'll start doing a little bit of this. And oh man, can you imagine? You know, Mike Pettin with now he has edge rushers, and oh how great it's going to be. We get to do that, but with a lot of different things. Getting to imagine what the draft is going to be like. The different things that we can do. The different people we can draft. The trades up and down. Maybe we get another first next year. The head coaching search. Who's it going to be? Why? We get to talk about it. We get to discuss it. I mean, in the, in the coming days, legitimately, Mike McCarthy may be getting fired. That could happen. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if Gutekunst... And again, he doesn't have the power. I don't know if the team, Murphy or whoever, shares in my thought process... But it would not be all that surprising. The season is over. And with all the injuries and everything else, I don't care about the 3%. Everybody knows it. And if we're moving on from Mike McCarthy and there's a thought that maybe we should just move on and try to not do so well, let's just do it. Those are the things that could be happening. New offensive coordinator. What do they bring? An, an entirely new staff would be awesome. Let's just just mix it up, man. Zook's got to go. I, I, I hate to trash Philbin, but let's just get a clean start. This is it's it's an exciting time. And it's not like 
Rodgers is gone and all hope is lost. It's still the Green Bay Packers. It's just a matter of rebuilding it. Think about drafting a bunch of offensive talent, something we've never really done. We just allowed that to keep deteriorating. Imagine actually drafting and going after top-tier offensive weapons. Having a dominant offensive line that just steamrolls people. Imagine Aaron Rodgers having four seconds to throw every time instead of getting four sacks a game like he has the last two years because our offensive line is trash. Imagine having actual first or second round wide receivers. Again, we've basically got like three first round picks this year. We can get two edge rushers and a wide receiver. I'm talking a real good one to complement Devontae. We could end up with two and a tight end and offensive line help and edge rushers. Everything. It's like Christmas. We get whatever we want. I know it's not that perfect, but there's a lot of stuff to get excited about. And the sooner we can get out of our little pity party, talking about, oh, this didn't go well, and I'm mad, and I just want everybody fired, and I blah, 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 blah. Look, fine, be mad, but get over it. There's a lot of stuff to get excited about and, and to be thinking about, right? Get up and start thinking, how do we move this team forward? I know we're not actually a part of it, but what are we doing here anyways? That's what we're doing. We're strategizing. We're thinking. Get involved in the process. Get excited about the process of building a newer, better machine. I mean, this is a car we just ran right into the ground. And I know it's sad, right? The, the, the car broke down and, oh man, you know, it's what happens when you don't give it an oil change for 100,000 miles. Things seize up. But we can get a new car, rebuild this thing from the ground up with a new GM, with a more aggressive GM, a more aggressive philosophy, with still a very talented quarterback, with a top-tier wide receiver, with a top-tier running back, who, by the way, doesn't even have anybody blocking for him right now, with a new head coach that brings more innovation, that makes better decisions, that challenges Aaron Rodgers and gets this team excited to play with even better pieces because we went hog-wild in the draft getting all kinds of just top-tier talent, and because in free agency we also just went all in. There's a lot to be excited about. We just have to be patient. And we can get excited now. We can get excited about a loss. Because that helps our plans for the future. Not because we're bad fans. It's going to help us in the future. That's why. So, I listen, I am excited. This did not go as I had hoped, but again, we were delusional in thinking that this was going to be something special. It just, it did not have a chance from the start. Gutekunst can't do that kind of magic right out of the gate. And again, I think he started off the season with a little bit of hope, right? He went all in. He got a bunch of pieces. I shouldn't say all in, but he got a bunch of pieces, Muhammad Wilkerson, Jimmy Graham, right? We, we went out and got a bunch of pieces here. Help our offense, help our defense. But as soon as he saw, you know what, just ain't working, he shut it down. And rightfully so, and good for him for doing it. Let's shut it all the way down. Fire the coach, fire the offensive coordinator, fire the special teams coach. Anybody that's hurt and probably isn't coming back, just call it. Let's see if we can lose out. It's going to be kind of unlikely, but the biggest one is going to be the Cardinals at home. If, 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 if we got a shot, it's because we're going to fire Mike McCarthy this week and everything just goes into a tailspin. And we, we hand Mike Pettin the, the, the reins of the offense. Let him call the play. Let, you know, let him be the head coach. But I don't know. we we got to see what's going to happen. Um, I would say um, it's less than 50% in my mind that they are going to move on from Mike McCarthy. I just... You know, if Gutekunst was in charge, it feels like something he would do, but he's not. And I don't know what Mark Murphy's going to do. 
And I know, again, I know a lot of you already think keeping McCarthy is the best thing we can do because he makes terrible decisions, and if we want to lose, we don't want to lose that guy. I don't necessarily agree, but I, I also understand that, yeah, he's not really helping the team very much as it is. But um, anyways, that's my focus, and uh, we're, we're just going to shift it. We're, we're going to shift this thing 180. We're going to start heading in the other direction and um, start planning for the future. And um, that's it. That's all I got for you for today. I'm, I'm, uh, it's disappointing that it happened that way, and it's disappointing that it's the Vikings that kind of put the nail in the, in the coffin. But, um, you know, the Vikings are not a very good team. The Bears are, uh, at this point, they're not good enough to really go very far. So we've got two teams likely going into the playoffs that are both going to get embarrassed, and we'll all come back next year, and hopefully next year we can we can take the throne back. We'll see. But anyways, that's it. That's where I'm at. Let me know where you're at. Uh, I didn't do preliminaries, but uh, if you want to get in touch, all the links are in the description. You can support the channel in the description, all that stuff. NFLBigBoard.com. Now is the time, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, to start getting focused on the draft. That's where you need to go to do that. Go check it out. Just Just start at the top. If, I mean, if, if you just want to get acclimated with what they do best, grab the top 32, watch their highlights, and just take a few notes. Take a few mental notes. You can go position by position. I want to know what kind of wide receivers are out there. Fine. You can go to NFLBigBoard.com, go to the bottom of the column. Each, each column has its own search. Go down to the bottom of positions, type in WR. That's all the wide receivers. Start grabbing names. Go watch them. If you want to get a little bit more in-depth, fine. Do the film study. Actually watch their, again, type in their name, then type in VS, verse, and you'll have a list of games to watch. Go watch them play. Let's get fired up and let's start talking about it. Who's your guy? I know everybody on Twitter right now, the cool thing is Hollywood Brown, right? There's always a guy, you know, Packers Twitter is funny. It's very, um, I don't know. You, you you can kind of feel things and hear things start to snowball. Somebody says something, and then they post a highlight reel of, of Hollywood Brown, and then other people latch onto it, and now you've got like three or four quote-unquote authorities in Packers Twitter saying they like Hollywood Brown, and then, you know, all the, the underlings in Packers Twitter follow along, and it's like, ooh, Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown. I mean, I okay, cool, I guess. I'm fine with it. I'm, I wouldn't be upset about that. It's just weird how random people who you know he's he's i think he's like a second roundish kind of guy suddenly he's like the talk of the town for packers twitter it's just weird how that happens but yeah man get excited about somebody and don't get excited because somebody told you to be excited go to nflbigboard.com look at the prospects find out who you're excited about don't get excited because somebody told you to get excited about somebody if you like Christian Wilkins, go like Christian Wilkins. Go be that guy. Go be the one banging the drunk for Christian Wilkins. I don't care. That's part of the fun of this. That would be like playing uh, fantasy football and letting somebody else pick your players. What is the point? That's not even fun. All right. All right. DJ Galaxy's telling me we got to go. We got to go. So, anyways, we got a lot of stuff to look at, a lot of stuff to talk about, and we're going to dive in immediately starting tomorrow. So, have yourselves a fantastic Monday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.